Good morning and welcome everybody who is listening. Live from CRC Caroline Springs in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to CRC Live on Bringbank Live. I'm Noah and today I'm joined by Joanne, Lily and Matt and we'd love to welcome our special guest, Malau Lewis. Good morning, Malau. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. For our first question, if I'm like correct, you grew up in South Sudan or at least you were born there. Yep. Could you tell us about that, like your backstory and your... Childhood, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was born in South Sudan uh, in a village in Khartoum. Um, I was there for about a year, year and a half, and then we, my family moved to Egypt. So we lived in Egypt for about three years, and uh, then I learned Arabic, so I speak Arabic till now. Um, I grew up there for about three, three, four years, and then we moved to Australia in 2005, um, and then we grew up in Footscray, and now we reside in Melton. Hmm. Uh, was it like hard living over there because uh, different to here, or? Yeah. 100%. Um, in, in South Sudan, the, the opportunities obviously are nowhere n- near like the opportunities we have here. Yeah. Um, education is, is scarce. At least it was at, at that time when I was born. Uh, my mom my mom didn't go to school. My dad went to school. He went to he completed his high school, but my mother never went to school. So the opportunities there aren't as they are here. Even work, it's hard to get work there. Hence why my family had to move to Egypt so we, so we can get work. My parents can get work and, and save enough money to move here. Um, so it definitely was difficult, um, even even with the war, uh, with the civil war, there was a lot of civil war. So you could wake up and it could be hectic outside, you know what I yeah. mean? So it was never safe. Um, obviously health-wise as well, in regards to food and water, uh, it wasn't the cleanest. So it was extremely difficult there and, and hence why the family moved to, to Australia. Did you find it hard having to constantly readjust when moving or was it quite easy since you've done it before? Yeah, I think when when I when I was moving around a lot, I was just a young kid. Um, I think what was difficult was growing up without my parents. Um, my early years because I was I was very young. So when we moved to Egypt, my parents worked like beyond overtime. So they were never home. Um, my older siblings basically raised myself and my younger brother. Um, so I think that was probably the hardest part, not seeing my parents around as much and not really being able to. Uh, connect because I think when you're, you're, you're young all you want is your parents so when they're not around I think it's extremely difficult so I think that was the hardest part but in regards to to moving around um, coming to Australia was probably the most difficult because it felt like a completely different world different country you know a new language that I never spoke I didn't speak English until um, yeah I came I came straight to prep and I was just speaking Arabic I didn't I didn't know English was a thing um, so I think it was difficult just adapting and learning new language learning new culture new people, people look different than me, you know what I mean? So I think, um, yeah, it just it was difficult to adapt, but over time, I think it's helped me even till my mature age now. So how has coming from South Sudan like shaped you into who you are today? Uh, I think it's definitely given me resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to go through things in life, no matter how difficult it may be, because I, I think I've been through a lot more difficult things, even just being young and seeing my parents go through uh, very difficult and hard, uh, difficult things and hardship. Um, so I think it's given me resilience to be able to get through things, even in uni now. Like it's stressful, but um, I just always get reminded of of what I've already been through and what um, I've yeah what I've come out. And I think it's just helped me with my perseverance. Do you think because you were constantly moving and your parents weren't around as much that your siblings became more of your friends since you didn't stay in one spot more often? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a big family. I think there's there's about 10 of us. Um, so yeah, very big family. Uh, at the time when I was young in Egypt, it was about five of us. So it was uh, I had three older siblings above me 
Um, and as as I mentioned earlier, that my parents were never home, so they're all the ones taking care of us. They're all the one taking us to school and teaching us and and what parents should be doing. So I think we did grow um, in that close relationship. A lot of fighting, like every other sibling. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, that I definitely do see them more as as friends than just siblings, which is good because we connect uh, at a, at a different level and a more personal level as well. Mm-hmm. Currently, you are studying a Bachelor of Law at yep. ACU. Yep. Would that have come from like your experiences, like with your parents not having fully studied, like your mother, she didn't finish high school. Would that come from that experience? Yeah, definitely. I think knowing that my my parents didn't have the same opportunities that I have, I think it would be very uh, shameful of me not to take any opportunity that I do have now, considering that they never have those opportunities. So even now, like I do a lot of things, but it's because these opportunities are there. Like, why should I let it slide when there's many people around the world, even my parents never had the opportunity. So I think, uh, yeah, studying law definitely uh, is a privilege. And it's a privilege that I've, that I, I see as a blessing because um, my mom never studied, but just being able to even go to school is a privilege. So I, I definitely hold it dear to my heart um, and I, I, I give it my all, yeah, because I know that this is something my mom didn't have. And I think for her, it's almost that she she's experiencing her schooling through her children and, and yeah, like myself, yeah. So when you were in, living in South Sudan and moved to Egypt, did you ever think that when you came here, you'd have the uh, opportunities that you have now? Uh, I was really young, so I didn't really know too much. Um, but I think for my family, like uh, they knew that there was greater opportunities overseas. Um, what exactly they, they wouldn't know, because at the time as well, um, this is when a lot of migrants were moving in as well. So there wasn't too much knowledge of what Australia is like, what opportunities are here. Um, so I think for my parents, it was more so anywhere is better than where we are at the moment. Um, and, and that's... That's true itself, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm correct, you're also working with an African Youth Initiative. Could you tell us about your work with them? Yeah, so I work uh, with African Youth Initiative. So we're a non-for-profit organization. Uh, we're, we're based in the western suburbs of Melbourne. However, most of our work is in Melton, considering that most of the members are there and most of our network is in Melton. Um, and we just want to start off with a small niche group so that we can ex- expand. Um, and so basically what our work is, is just engaging with the community and trying to get more African youths engaged um, with their community in a positive light. And also um, showcasing um, Africans and their excellence and um, showcasing them in, in, in a brighter light because we know, you know, with the media that that hasn't been the case. Um and so that's what my organization aims to do is just give them more opportunities and give them a platform to speak and, and to excel as they would. Um, what do you think per se motivated you or guided you towards the point that you're at right now? Um, that's a very good question. As I mentioned earlier, I think um, I'm so privileged to be able to go to school, to be able to have employment, even to be able to come here and speak speak with you with you students, it's such a privilege for me. So I think it's just, I have such gratitude in my heart that whatever opportunity comes my way, I wanna be able to, to grab it and to take it. And I think life is, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a quote that I go by, it's in, the, it's in the Bible. It says that life is like a vapor, it comes and it goes. So I think we never know when our time can be. So I think we try to make the most that we can in this life. And I think that's what I'm just trying to do now, make the most of this life and make the most impact that I can uh, in whatever way that I can. And I think African Youth Initiative, of course, is one of those ways. So do you 
think that that would be the main reason why you joined the African U? Yeah, partly. Um, one of the main reasons actually, um, and this was mostly for our board members as well. There's, there's five members at the moment, board members. And we, we were the ones who created the organization and that actually stemmed from, uh, unfortunately in, in 2020, this is gonna get a little bit personal. In 2020, I lost my cousin. Um, he was 21 years old and he was murdered um, in Melbourne, Melbourne city. Um, and his life was taken from him. And I think, and you know, months, months after that, we decided that we want to start an organization where we can help our community, where we can uh, put these African youths into schools and into, into workforce and into all these things because it's, it's such a tragic to lose a life at such a young age. And so I think it was a very uh, personal reason for me personally, um, just because of the passing of, of my cousin, but also for myself too, because I know what I've been through in life. I know the, the racial vilification that, that I experienced and, um, all the hardships are just, I know that's not just me, that's also other youths too. So I just want to be able to support them and give them the voice that, that I never had when I was younger. Yeah, I think that's really important to be speaking up and like yeah. uh, helping to support other people who could be going through similar, thing, similar things as yeah. you. And I hope you don't mind me asking, but how old were you at the time when he, how old was he when he died? Yes, yeah, so at the time we were very close in age. We were very close, actually. Um, I was I was twenty and he was twenty one, so he was a year older than me. Um, yeah, twenty and twenty one. So at the time he was twenty one and I was twenty years old. Um, yeah. So is the way that um, the African youths are portrayed in the mainstream media today a uh, reason why you want to like help change that perspective? Yeah, definitely. I think the media is one thing. Um, the media is just there to, to show the news and to, to show the story, but we know that's not always factual. We know that's not always given in context. Um, a two-minute news report can't tell you a whole story, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think um, when the media does show um, Africans in negative light, there's no context, there's no surrounding facts. We never know anything. And I think um, it's so much easier for people to to accept it as truth and to, to run with it. And then it makes it difficult for for those who are part of that community to be able to excel, to be able to get employment, to be able to go to school. And I think it also casts doubt on themselves. Um, they see themselves in the news and it's not them. So I think, yeah, what, what my organization aims to do is to actually change that image and to break down stereotypes of these um, of, of racism and to actually bring the truth. And, and we do that in our actions, not just in a two minute story. Well, what advice would you give to young people who may be suffering with these issues and with like self-doubt and like issues with media, like with their community groups, especially people from minority groups often yeah. get um, looked down upon in the media and in mainstream society. What advice would you give to these sort of people? Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think if you are alive, you can do whatever, like regardless of, of, of the hurdles that may be in front of you, um, you can do whatever you, you set your mind to. And I'm also from Melton, so I think Melton is considered a, a low uh, socioeconomic uh, community. So that again also um, furthers the disadvantage, but regardless of that, um, you can still do well. It's, it's how you choose to respond to things. And so for me, of course, I've chosen to respond um, in the opposite way and say, this is not me, this is what I'm gonna do. So the advice that I would give to, to young people, to people from minority groups, to people from communities like our community is to not to listen to those doubts and, and not to give it attention or ear. Um, 
but to do what what your heart really desires mm-hmm. and what, what you're passionate for because passion um is what drives people to do great things that's really powerful words okay if you're just tuning in, you're listening to CRC Live on Bring Bank Live, live from CRC Caroline Springs in Melbourne, Australia. I'm Noah, and I'm joined by Joanne, Lily, and Matt, and in, most importantly, our special guest today is Malau Lewis. So I would like to get back to a lot of people our age are thinking about university and their futures. What made you choose ACU? Um, was- yeah, I, I went to... I don't know what they call it, but you know, when you, when you go to universities and you just, you suss out the uni, whether you want to go there. I went to ACU and I, I really liked it because it was such a small uni and uni, sorry. And uh, there wasn't many students compared to other universities where they have 10,000 students. You can never really know the, the lecturers personally. Whereas in ACU, maybe it's a couple hundred and you still have the opportunity to, to grow um, with your peers and also to get to know the lecturer on a personal level. And so I think that's one thing that stood out for me and as well, just the services that they have there, they're all very supportive um, and encouraging. And, and I think that's just one thing that just took out, stood out for me. Do you find that it's a lot better for you to work with a smaller community where you know everyone and you can make sure that you feel comfortable with everyone around you? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it gives you that opportunity to know p- people on a personal level. I think trust is built over time and it's hard to build trust with someone when there's a thousand people that they're also trying to connect to. So I think small small communities are, are very important and even with our organization, hence why we, we do just focus on um, the African youth just because we want a, a strong target audience. Like something you learn in business is that you need a, you need a market, you need a niche group. Um, you can't try to sell to every single person because it's, it's not sustainable, it's not possible. So I think smaller groups are are very important if you want to grow that relationship. Um, you've given so much to back to your community and yeah. that's just so inspirational. How can we as like as a community give back to our community? Yeah, I think um, if you that's – that's a very good question. Um, if you have a voice, if you have a platform, or if you have a – as I mentioned earlier, if you have a passion in your heart, you follow it through. Every opportunity that you get, you take it. And um, – that's something that your community would definitely see, whether it be your ethnicity community or whether it just be your local community or just even the school community. The things that you do out there, people are always watching. So if you're doing well, if you're trying your best, if you're getting involved in things, people do people do see these things. And these things, are it motivates people because as we spoke about earlier, a lot of people do experience uh, self-doubt, self-doubt. But if they can see someone who looks like them or someone from their community or someone from, from their school it gives them hope. It gives them motivation. Um, I spoke at uh, Karen Jane Secondary a couple of weeks ago and I was telling the kids, I live two minutes away from here, you know, and I'm, I'm studying law, I'm studying commerce. So if I can do it and I live two minutes away from you, you can definitely do it. So I think it's just about going out there and doing whatever your heart desires and people seeing that and be, being more hopeful for what they may also desire in their heart. Mm-hmm. So you're a young leader in your community. What is your leadership style and maybe how has it changed over time? My, uh, my leadership style, I love to work in a team. Um, I think leadership is not about it's not about a hierarchy. It's not about being a, the supreme, but it's about um, it's about discipling people. It's about growing people. It's about pushing people to also be leaders as well. And I think that's, that's why I love working in teams. That's why I love working with community groups and also other communities as well so that I can also give them a platform. Um, and I think so. My leadership style is very much um, not not so autonomous, but more so as a, as a team player. 
Yeah. So would you then like inspire young people to take part in their community and to maybe take leadership roles? Yeah, definitely. I think whatever whatever your community is doing, whether it be events or whether it be talk shows or whether it be networking events, um, take every opportunity that you can because you never know what can come out of it. Um, like I, I attend a lot of networking events um, because who, who knows, you might meet someone and this person might help you become the next prime minister. You never know until you actually be involved, until you actually um, get into these things and get into these conversations with people you may not know. Um, so since you like being involved with your community a lot, yep. when growing up, did you like join um, any like Catholic communities or religious communities? So growing up, um, I come from a Christian household, so I, I actually did grow up in the church. Um, however, like over time, I, I, I stepped away from it um, just because I was more focused on my sporting and uh, focused on other things. But over time, I, I, I got back into it again, into church and going with my family. I think it's it's so... I think for, for me personally, it's very important. My faith is very important and having that faith community is also very important. Like my schedule is always packed out. I'm always busy thinking about the next thing. But when I do come um, and be with my faith community, it's like I'm at peace. All I'm thinking about now is my relationship um, with God. So I think it is, yeah, growing up, um, that's something that did always, that conviction always stuck with me and it's something that helps me now and that helps, helps the drive that I have. So do you, you own a clothing line, so um, why did that, why do you start that? No, I actually, I don't own a clothing line, but I am working on a clothing line. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, whatever opportunity, like I, I do a lot of things. Um, it's, it's mainly because if that opportunity is there, like why not try, why not go for it? And I think I also want to do it because I've, I've always been interested in, in uh, starting a business. I think I've always had the entrepreneur personality within me and trait within me. And so that's something that I have been working on um, for the last year and a bit now. It's, it hasn't, it's not fully established yet, um, but I want to be able to showcase myself. And I think it will be such an achievement to see people wear something that you created, something that you designed. Um, so I think part of it is also that self-actualization too. Yeah. Well, it's been very inspiring and interesting talking to you. You're such an inspiring person. And I hope that we all can take away something from this from your life and from your experiences thank you. thank you malu for joining us thank you for malau for joining us it's been a great pleasure talking to you about your life experiences live from crc caroline springs in melbourne australia you have been listening to crc live on bring Bank live i'm noah and i'm joined by joanne lily and matt thank you for joining us we hope you found enjoyment in this segment until next time have a great day good job Rob.